When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey everyone, I am back. It's Matt Williamson coming at you for the last time this week before we have a real game. How about that? Pretty psyched up for this. Pretty psyched up for all of week one's action. Yesterday, we talked about individual matchups with the Bengals having the ball. So we're going to flip it over here when the Steelers have the ball, some individual things to look at. But before we do, I think we'd, you know, as it stands right now, I'm recording this like at noon on Thursday. So you'll be hearing it Friday. Maybe there's a little more news on this front. But I just wanted to address the Deontay Johnson injury and situation. If he is out, well, if he's in, you're going to see an awful lot, I think, of 11 personnel as usual. Johnson and Pickens on the outside. Claypool, that big slot. Um, and that's actually a, a thing to discuss as well, is Claypool versus um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, Hilton, their smaller slot corner. I think that's something that the Steelers are going to try to exploit out of the slot. That's on my list of you know different matchups to talk about when the Steelers have the ball. But anyway, I think the plan is Johnson and Pickens on the outside, Claypool in the slot, Fryermuth, Harris. Those are your starting five. If Johnson can't go, of course, I think you see a lot more 12 personnel. And I do think we'll see 12 personnel more this year than we did last year anyway. And that's two tight ends instead of three receivers. 12 is one, two, one is the back, two is the tight ends. And that would help in terms of the tackles. It'd give you more physicality. I mean, I think in general, they're going to get closer to league average in terms of 12 personnel versus 11 personnel. They were very, very heavy in three receivers before. Um, so if Johnson's out, gives them all the more reason. You know, put Gentry on Moore's side, help him with you know the blocking aspects. That makes all the sense in the world to me. But when you do go three wide, I think a lot of people are looking at it, and I might be, and they might be right, that Claypool would then bump outside, Pickens would be outside, and obviously they would be your two receivers and two receiver sets with Gunnar Olszewski as your slot. I don't love that. Um, I'm not saying we should never see that, but I think that Claypool-Hilton matchup is something they've been counting on all summer to try to attack. So what I would do is I would put a very big group of receivers out there, leave Claypool in the slot, 
Pickens, of course, is staying on the outside. And I think I would utilize Boykin on the outside. And instead of moving two spots, just put Boykin in for Deontay. So something to think about, you know, who, who are your best five? I know Gunner is loved and you're going to love him. I mean, especially when you watch him on special teams, he is a wrecking ball. But I don't know that he's super hard to play against on offense. I mean, I think he's better slot option than McLeod. He doesn't have as much, you know, uh, big playability as Ray Ray, but he's a solid player. Um, maybe the Patriots are wrong in not using him as a wide receiver hardly at all. They, they very well could be, but I don't think he's a difference maker on offense and he's here to play special teams, folks. So I don't think he's the immediate replacement for Deontay if he's not to play. And of course, that would be a huge loss. I mean, not having Johnson in this game would be gigantic. Um, I did talk about that a little bit before, but I do think a staple that they want to attack is Claypool in the middle of the field, as well as Fryermuth in the middle of the field, and sometimes he'll detach to the slot as well against Hilton, against, you know, um, linebackers, especially with Fryermuth. And I think that you will see a lot, a lot more throws in the middle of the field between the hashes or down the seam in the intermediate and deeper levels of the field. I mean, Ben just didn't throw the football there last, last year. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that. That's going to get linebackers out of the box a little bit to help the run game, attack more blades of grass, as I always say in the passing game. They just attacked very few blades of grass last year. Um, and then the wild card, though, and I'll talk more about Cincy defense on the back half of the podcast here, but I adored Dax Hill coming out of school. And in the moment when the Steelers were on the clock at 20, I said I would take Dax Hill. I mean, he was my favorite guy there. No offense to Pickett. I'd rather pick it now. You know, I mean, I was wrong. But it doesn't diminish what Hill can do. Hill can play deep safety. He can play cover two. He can be near the line of scrimmage. He's a big slot. Maybe they'll even put Hill on Claypool if he starts beating up on Hilton because of the size differential. Maybe Hill plays man coverage on Fryermuth a lot of the game. So that's a guy to watch is their first round pick. I mean, I don't know how far along Hill is in terms of, is he going to be an every snap player for the Bengals? Because Larry Ogunjobi is really the only defensive player that the Bengals lost from last year. So they don't have a clear vacancy for Hill to walk right into, but they drafted him for a reason. He's unbelievably talented. His usage will be very interesting to me. Um, and he's going to probably present problems. This certainly will, I think, in his career. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, so let's take a break. Uh, we'll do a quick break here, and we'll come back and talk about more of these one-on-one matches. Defensive coordinator Lou Amarillo, I say his name wrong, I apologize, is not a heralded, you know, a well known household name, as I just butchered his name. Um, but he does good things. And, and first of all, this defense for Cincy 
isn't star-studded, but it also doesn't really have a lot of weaknesses. You know, Trey Hendrickson and Bates are the best two players. Bates is a deep middle Minka type. Hendrickson's a very good pass rusher, edge player, true defensive end. Um, but they don't have star power galore, but they also don't have very many weaknesses. They drafted heavy in the defensive backfield. I mentioned Hill, and they haven't lost anything. So they finally have some good linebackers as well. Logan Wilson kind of runs the show. Probably remember him from last year. Made a lot of big plays against Steelers. Um, but anyway, the, the, the scheme, the defensive coordinator, they change things up in an instant. Like you might remember when the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Patty Mahomes is ripping those guys up in the first half. Bengals make a drastic change at halftime, start rushing only three, dropping eight into coverage, real, you know, umbrella type coverage shells. And Mahomes looks like he'd never played before, you know, so they can confuse quarterbacks. They can cause a lot of problems schematically. I mean, even the best of offenses like Kansas city. And, uh, you know, we don't really know about Trubisky. I mean, his last stop, that was years ago. He wasn't a great decision maker. He wasn't a elite reader of defenses, you know. So that's absolutely something to take a, a, a look at here is Trubisky versus defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? I also think that the Steelers, if I was in the Steel, you know, the, the Bengals defensive coaches meetings, Steelers might be a little difficult to prepare for this week. You know, you know things are going to be different, but how are they going to be different? You know, the Canada versus coordinator matchup I think is interesting because I do believe that we've only seen scratching of the surface in terms of what Canada plans to do with motions and unbalanced lines and play actions and we've seen some but really when I watch the preseason they kind of look like most NFL offenses in terms of that where I think they're going to be extreme you know last year they were extreme on the the dull end the, the static end in the preseason, I think they've been league average with that stuff, but I think a lot more is to come. So how does the Bengals prepare for that? That probably isn't easy. You don't know. You know new things are coming. You know a new quarterback's coming. I'm sure you've prepared for designed rollouts and quarterback movements and things like that, and those are all coming as well. Plus, I mean, I don't think they're going to be spying Trubisky, but obviously the threat of a running quarterback is much different than the past couple matchups for these teams. So I find that very interesting as well. Um, another thing that you see a lot in practice and not a ton in games yet over his career is around Najee Harris. And I believe he was drafted to be a Lev Bell clone. And I mean that from a passing perspective. I mean, a, a big back that will detach from the formation, run wide receiver routes. Like, they throw him fades at the goal line, you know? I mean, like he's Larry Fitzgerald or something. I mean, like, he is capable of much, much more as a route runner. I mean, I'm not saying his receiving numbers will spike because he caught a ton of balls, and he caught a ton of balls behind the line of scrimmage, his dump-off stuff. I think you'll see less dump-off more route running from Harris, especially if they can move him around and see linebackers following him in man coverage. I think that's something that they'll try to exploit a lot. So keep an eye on that. You know, when you see Harris not in the backfield, take a look at who's lined up over him. You know, if it's a linebacker, I bet they go his way a fair amount. Um, I mentioned Hendrickson. He causes problems. I mean, I'll admit a year ago when the Bengals signed him, he had had one good year with New Orleans. He had like 13 sacks. 
And I thought, man, they're overpaying a little bit here. I mean, he's an average athlete. He's a good player. He's not great. And then he went and did the exact same thing last year with Cincinnati. So it's two years in a row now that he's been at about double-digit sacks, but well into the teens. And I think that's what he is at this point. You know, like if you looked at all the edge rankings, the end rankings this offseason, you almost always saw his name in the top 10. And I won't fight you on that. I mean, I think he's closer to 10 than one. He's probably about 10, but he's a very good player. And he's, I don't know that Dan Moore is, you know, I mean, Dan Moore is going to have to get some help with Hendrickson and that could definitely come in the form of Gentry. Um, Another thing to look at too, Harris is very good in protection. I would imagine he will align to Hendrickson's side more, especially when they're in the pistol or shotgun and he's a, a boxcar left or right or whatever. He'll be on Hendrickson's side. And I mean, this guy is not TJ Watt, but he's their most dangerous guy without question. But the rest of the front is quite good too for the Bengals. And I really like Sam Hubbard's fine. He's the other one. Um, I would think Chooks will have to deal with him one-on-one more often than not. The interior of their D-line is quite good though. And they're not household names, but DJ Reader is the modern day nose. I mean, he's a wide body, 325 pound nose, but he pushes the pocket. He can run. He's not just a anvil in the middle of the defense. I mean, you can do things with him. You can stunt them and twist them and slant them and things like that. He's really hard to move in the run game. He protects those linebackers. And I don't know that I trust Mason Cole yet. And I would line him up right on the nose on Mason Cole and try to drive him back and, you know, make your quarterback um, you know, move left and right into Hendrickson and Hubbard, uh, control the point, control those A-gaps, maybe even do some two-gap stuff with him, you know, over the nose. But he can also line up on the outside shoulder of your center and attack that gap, you know, with quickness. So he's a very good player. Um, they have some good defensive line depth. The defensive tackles as a whole are quite solid. So the O-line, I mean, this is, we say this every week, I have a feeling, is going to be challenged. I mean, this isn't the best front they're going to face, that's for sure. It's not one of the best fronts in the league, but as is the case with the whole defense, it's pretty darn good, not great, and not, you know, there's, there's very few weaknesses. So Dax Hill is one of my favorite things to look at from their perspective. Um, Yusa Hilton, will they blitz him much? I don't know. But I will say that they generated quite a few sacks last year without being a heavy blitz team. I wouldn't think that they'll come out of the gates, you know, blitzing like crazy. I think you'll see a lot of single high because Bates is um, single high safety. Bates, Jesse Bates, is much more in the Minka mold. You know, he's a deep middle guy. And I think they're going to want to keep people near the line of scrimmage um, based off former years tapes in particular. You know, take away the crossers, the quick hitters, the Johnson if he plays or whoever. Uh, Play the run heavily. Try to get you in third and long. And they might be might be successful, but I expect some deep shots from the Steelers, especially if you see a lot of single high. And I expect them to attack the middle of the field and more traditional routes than we've seen lately. Like how many pure old school Ben in his prime to AB out routes did we see last year? Very few. You know, I mean, I expect Pickens to catch a lot of out routes this year. Deontay to catch a lot of out routes this year. So I do think that the offense will be much more expansive and harder to play against. Whether they can block people, that remains to be seen, I guess, folks. But that is going to do it for me for the week. I will be back 
probably tape one, I don't know, right after the Steel game, Monday morning, I guess, something like that. And we will have a game to discuss, which is pretty cool. All right, over and out. Drop me a note on Twitter if you want, at WilliamsonNFL.